Welcome back. This is Robert Fleming from the Tucson, Arizona law firm of Fleming and Curdy PLC. And I'm here with Elizabeth. Uh, Welcome back. This is Robert Fleming from the Tucson, Arizona law firm of Fleming and Curdy PLC. I'm here with my partner, Elizabeth Noble Rawlings Freeman. And uh, we're going to talk about supplemental benefits trusts, particularly. Elizabeth, we uh, we did a session earlier, and people should go listen to it, in which we talked about the different kinds of special needs trusts. Can we quickly recap? You said three different kinds of special needs trusts that we need to distinguish. Three different kinds of special needs trusts, Robert. One is a first-party special needs trust that's also known as a self-settled trust. That is a special needs trust that will hold the beneficiary's own funds. Those may be funds that were inherited outright. Those may be funds that were received as an award on a personal injury um, or medical malpractice action. There is a third party special needs trust. That's the kind of special needs trust where a third party could be a parent, sibling, grandparent, is leaving funds for the benefit of a beneficiary that has special needs. So it's not the beneficiary's own money funding the trust. And then there's a third kind of special needs trusts that are referred to as pooled trusts. And pooled trusts are somewhat similar to first party trusts in the sense that it is the beneficiary's own funds that will be in the trust. However, there are these payback provisions, so it gets complicated very quickly. But a pooled trust will have a pooled trust administrator and those are often good opportunities for families who may be putting smaller amounts of money into trusts. All of this gets to, I think, the point that we're going to discuss today. There is a whole list of different kinds of special needs trusts and how they may work, but people often hear about supplemental benefit trusts. And what are those, Robert? You know, as I'm listening to you talk about the three kinds of special needs trusts, I'm reminded that I often do a PowerPoint presentation that starts out headed, there are only three kinds of special needs trusts. And then by the end of the slide, I have eight bullet points with different kinds of special needs trusts. You're right. I agree with you. There are really fundamentally three kinds of special needs trusts, but there are a whole lot of different terms that get kicked around. One of them is supplemental benefits trust. What's the difference between a supplemental benefits trust or sometimes a supplemental needs trust? And a special needs trust, uh, it depends on what state you live in. No, I don't mean to say what is the difference depends on what state you live in. I mean the difference is what state you live in. Some states have really favored the term supplemental benefits trust by either statute or convention. It's just another name for special needs trusts. Early in the development of special needs trusts, some advocates tried to distinguish between self-settled and third-party trusts by calling one of them supplemental benefits trust and the other one special needs trust. And the problem was that nobody was consistent. Some of them switched the definitions and that just didn't take off. So there are places where supplemental benefits trust means something. Arizona has not really adopted that language very often, which is not to say you don't hear it here. But, uh, but it's not as, uh, as commonly used. So if you read about supplemental benefits trusts, um, you're probably reading about what we would call a first party special needs trust, but not necessarily. 
What about a special treatment trust? Oh, thanks. Because we in Arizona, we can't stand to not have our own odd differences. So our state Medicaid agency, which is ACCESS, the Arizona Healthcare Cost Containment System, uh, the, the acronym is AHCCCS, which is universally pronounced ACCESS, decided that uh, special needs trust was too broad a term, and so they created uh, a category of special treatment trust to just to identify three kinds of trusts. One is the self-settled special needs trust. The second one, it's not literally the second one, so the third one is the pooled trust, and the middle one is a trust that is done is used just to hold the income of a long-term care resident in order to get them under the income cap and that's a topic way more complicated than it ought to be and uh, and and a topic for a, another day but those three kinds of trusts operated under the umbrella term special treatment trust in Arizona we are as far as i know the only state that uses that phrase. Did you just mention Settlement Protection Trust, Robert, or was <laughs> I imagining that? You imagined that. And so that's a common uh, phrase that's used to describe uh, a trust that is set up usually with uh, personal injury settlement money that may not be a special needs trust, but is intended to keep the, the beneficiary from exhausting all of their money. It may be that, that the person who sets up the, uh, the Settlement Protection Trust is not interested in qualifying the, the beneficiary for public benefits, but otherwise it sort of looks like a special needs trust. A lot of discretion in the trustee and, uh, and all for the, current, the benefit of a current beneficiary. I think that when we have people who call our office who may be attorneys or families who come in and we start talking about special needs planning and special needs trusts, uh, it's pretty pretty quick uh, to see somebody gets overwhelmed, their eyes may glaze over, they may look at us uh, with kind of a perplexed expression after a conversation. These things are complicated, and I, and I want to say that as an attorney myself, um, I find that talking to other attorneys about special needs planning, it's pretty quick to see that there's a lot of confusion among the attorney community about when to use a special needs trust and what kind of special needs trust to select. So I feel, Robert, that that's one of the things just to get out there as far as information goes. It's right. These are very complex, and they can be confusing, and terms matter. In fact, Elizabeth and I are two of the five Arizona members uh, currently of an organization called the Special Needs Alliance, which is an invitation-only group of lawyers who really focus on these special needs issues. There's one other uh, former partner at Fleming and Curdy who is now not with Fleming and Curdy here in Tucson, though, who's a member. And there are two members in the Phoenix area. Uh, there are just five of us who do enough of this work to be identified as regulars uh, in Arizona, and only about 120 across the country. If you're listening from someplace other than Tucson and you want to find out what the rules are for your community, you might go look up the Special Needs Alliance and find out who in your state is a member. Uh, this is, as you say, Elizabeth, an incredibly complicated area, and we could spend hours and hours um, talking about the ins and outs of special needs trusts, but we're not going to. 
we're going to save some of that for future conversations. Um, just know, folks, that this is an area where legal advice is extremely important. And you can get some insight about whether we know enough to give you that advice by going to our website at elder-law.com. I'm Robert Fleming, and I've been talking with Elizabeth Noble Rawlings Freeman. We're two of the partners at Fleming & Curdy, a Tucson, Arizona elder law firm, hence the name elder-law.com. We're also early adopters. Check us out and uh, join us next time for further conversations about elder law and, and special needs issues. Talk to you then.